Amen. How many excited that God's changing you? Amen. Aren't you glad that God's not going to leave you the way he found you? Right? He, he, is, he, is, he is causing you to go from glory to glory. He, he, is, he is always, uh, you know, increasing you in strength and wisdom and uh, insight and revelation. Realize that uh, God's plan for you is really transformation. Right? We, we know when we read Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable. All right? Uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What, what God wants to do in our lives is to produce total transformation. In other words, when you come to God and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, something radical takes place you are not the same i said you are not the same i'm not the same as i was without jesus not the same right radical transformation you know what the enemy wants you to do see the enemy can't really mess too much with your salvation right because that's between you and God, and he, he, he can't mess there. But if he can get you to live a life that is less than the life God actually has for you, if he can, if he can get you to believe that all there is to this thing is you pray the prayer, you get a T-shirt, a bumper sticker, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, someday when you die, you're going to go to heaven. And see, and all of that is true. Right? That's true. And that's good. And I'm glad that someday, in the sweet bye-bye, what a wonderful day that will be. But, sweet bye-bye, I got the nasty here and now to deal with. And there's some stuff that God has for me that will empower me to deal with life today at a level that is much different than I could without God in my life. Right? So I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to buy some lie that just says that I just got to hang in here till Jesus comes. Oh, let's, let's just pray because it's a dark, dark world that we're living in. There's just, there's trouble everywhere. You know, it, darkness is the absence of light. Right? So if it's dark where you're at, maybe it's because you're not too bright. Maybe if you'd brighten up, maybe if you'd shine a little bit. See, what I believe is happening is that the church kind of backing up and, and buying into this lie that we don't have what it takes. We ought to be able to, like Paul, you know, in Philippians 4.13, read it and amplify it. It says, I have strength for it. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with an inner strength. Oh, did you hear what he said? I'm ready for and equal to anything. Don't make any difference what comes my way. I can handle it because God is infusing me with an inner strength. I have something I didn't have before I got what I got. I came to Jesus. I was messed up. But when he came in my life, I was blessed up. Right? I've been positioned to win and succeed in every given situation. God has called me out of darkness, translated me into the marvelous light of his dear son. I'm not living the same life I used to live, and the life that I now live is not mine, but Christ who's living in me. I've got the life of God, the, the nature of God. The Bible says in Ephesians that we have become partakers of his divine nature. 
Now, I can live the old low-level life if I want to, or I can live his life, God life. Right? God life. Check this out. You've got to be careful how you understand what God said. Look at Mark 4.24. We're going to put it up in the Amplified. Even the King James, it says, be careful what you hear. Be care- how many of you know that, that when the Bible says be careful, it's a good idea to be careful? Why? Because there's some stuff here that if you're not careful, you're going to miss. There, there is some truth here that if you're not watchful, if, you, if you're not diligent, it's going to go right by you and you're not even going to see it. And it's not going to produce what it could produce. And you're going to get down the road and wonder how come that's missing in my life. Be careful what you hear. It means give care to what you hear. Because he's about ready to say some stuff. God's word is going to speak into your life. The Bible says it's incorruptible seed. Incorruptible seed. That, that it is the nature of a seed to reproduce multiplied fruit. God's nature coming inside of you. His word in you is going to produce him in you. The nature of God is going to begin to be manifested in and through you, right? It's going to influence you on the inside and be replicated on the outside. When people see you, they're no longer going to see you. They're going to see Christ if we get this right. If we get this right, they're not going to see your life. They're going to see God life. Be careful what you hear. Listen to this. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. The, listen, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. You're supposed to give thought and study to the truth you hear. You're supposed, you know, I think a lot of times what we do is we, we come to church and, and, and we spend, you know, uh, an hour and a half in, in a service. We, we worship, we praise, we celebrate, we sow, and, and we listen to a message, and then we go home. And we don't, we don't take time to realize that all the rest of the time, in many, in many of our lives, the rest of the time, we're being bombarded with a system of logic that's contrary to God's system of logic. We're hearing... Word that is absolutely uh, contradictory to God's word, 24-7. Constantly being told a, a, a message that does not line up with God's word, and you can't help it, but you get it over and 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 over, and pretty soon you just quote it. When the commercial comes on, you can, you can quote it. Why do you think advertisers... Buy more than one ad. Have you ever wondered? So that someday, out of the corner of your eye, you just see a symbol and you know exactly what that is. You can sing their jingle. You deserve a break today, so get up and get away. Hello? Because we don't realize that we're given thought and study. That's on our mind. We're applying that to our life. That little piece of information is changing everything. We haven't given that level of thought and study to the truth we hear. When we hear God's word, we think that one setting, one, one hour and a half is going to have the power to change our life. It doesn't work that way. I wish renewing your mind. 
I wish that renewing your mind meant that you got in a prayer line, you come down forward, they smudged you with a little bit of oil, they prayed for you, you went home, went to bed, and when you got up in the morning, you thought differently. But that doesn't work. Hello? You, you, you've, got to, you, you, you've got to do some warfare over the way you think. You have to be careful what you hear. The word here is understand. Be careful what you understand. You better not sit around in a group and read God's word and ask each other, now what does that mean to you? Because frankly, Scarlett, what that means to you may not line up with what he meant when he said it. How do I apply what he just said to my life and produce the change that is required to get what he promised? Because I know that when I do what he said, he will produce what he promised every single time. So I've got to get the promise of God producing in my life. I've got to be careful what I hear. I've got to give care to it and because what I have, I'm going to get more of. Do you see that? To him who has, verse 25 says, to him who has shall more be given, and to him who has not, even what he has shall be taken from him. How do you take something away from somebody who ain't got nothing? Ever wondered? How do you take something away from somebody who doesn't have it? It's not that you don't have it. It's that you don't even realize you've got it. Since you don't know it's yours, you don't know when it's gone. So you've got insane authority, but if you don't know you have it, then you don't even struggle when somebody comes in and walks off with your authority. You've got to be careful what your understanding is. If you understand that you're just a worm saved by grace, and if you hang on long enough, Jesus someday is going to come rescue you, then that's the way you're going to live your life. Be careful how you hear. Because that is not the truth. If you have a bumper sticker on your car that says, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven, would you please take a can of spray paint and paint over that? Because I'm way more, I am forgiven, but I'm way more than a worm saved by grace. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now quickened me as indwelling inside of me. I have the same, ah, I have the same spirit that raised Christ up at my disposal. I have access to the same power that Jesus had. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that I ought to walk even as Jesus walked. Jesus said, you see the stuff I'm doing? You're going to do the same thing and greater works than these are you going to do because I'm going to give you the power and that power is going to multiply inside of you. Oh, be careful what you hear. Look at Luke 8. Luke says, be careful how you hear. Go, Go back to Mark. Be careful what you hear. Look at Luke. Be careful how you hear. So you've got to be careful how you hear. Why? Because we hear through filters, don't we? we we've, tr- we've been trying from a very early age to hear a very specific way. We can say some things to certain people, and we try our very, very best to be very clear in communicating what we're trying to say, but they hear something totally different than what was said. You know, I've got three teenage boys in the house. How, how many of you guys have ever been around a teenager? you got kids? How many of you know that when you say something, they hear something totally different than what you just said? I can look at TJ. TJ can be playing his Nintendo game, and I can look at TJ and say, will you, uh, will you bring the dogs in? He'll say, okay. I can go upstairs and wander around for two or three days and come back down. <laughs> and for some reason, what TJ heard me say was, go ahead and play your game for about four hours. If you start to get hungry, go downstairs and pull out a pizza out of the freezer and put it in the oven. Leave the box right there. Your mother will pick it up. 
you know, that, and then if you, if, if you get to feeling like it, wander out by the dogs and bring them in. That's what he thinks, he, you know, he, uh, that's what he heard, right? But what I said didn't have any of that other stuff in there. Why? Because he's got his own filter. And when I ask him, I thought you're going to bring the dogs in. I am. Well, you didn't say, right? <laughs> so you've got to be careful how you hear. I was born and raised in a church environment. It is so difficult because every time I hear a message, I have to be careful how I listen. How does God change us if we refuse to hear what he's talking about? Well, I've heard that before. I've heard that one. Yeah, that, that's kind of that's the, the, the warfare that I have. I listen to, I listen to, a, to a minister uh, preach, and I'm listening for sermon titles, grabbing little lines that I can pull out and use as a skeleton to hang meat all over. And, 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 but wait a minute. God's Word has the power to change the way I think, the way I feel, the way I make my choices. You know, James said, that his, his word has the power to save your soul, right? The gospel has the power to save your soul. Do you believe that? Where your soul, that's the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choice, choices. So, so to save your soul means that you're going to change in that area. So God's word has the, the potential to change you from the inside out. But you've got to give thought and study to the truth you hear. Because if you don't, that's just a short little message. Why is it that, you know, in a, in a group of people this weekend, I don't know, five, six hundred people will have been through the sanctuaries, you know, at the church. This weekend heard the same message. Some will have incredible transformational occurrence. Others, it'll be just like every other weekend where they just came in, they sat, they shook a hand, they, they had a coffee. They're nice people. You're, we're wonderful. We got a great heart, but we're not really being transformed. Why? Because some of us are going to give thought and study to the truth we hear, and others are going to go, I've heard that before. Actually, we're not even listening. We're just, you know, it's really hard. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be real. It's really hard. I can pack up, fly across the country, pay thousands of dollars to go to a conference. And when I come home, the, what I've really got is a better understanding of the to-do list that I had when I left. Because that's all I've thought about. Right? Come on, guys. God's Word has the power to change you. Be careful how you hear. The, the, the strategy of our enemy is to get us to, re, to believe a lie. Well, it's hard not to believe a lie if you don't have the truth to put the lie up against. You've got to know the truth. Look at John 8, 31. It says, if you continue in my word, then will you be my disciples. Indeed, verse 32 says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What has the power to set you free? A lot of people, you know, first service, I asked that question, what has the power to set you free? And several people shouted out, the truth. No, it's not the truth. If you think it's the truth, you've got to read it again. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's the knowledge of the truth. See, the truth has been here for thousands of years, but yet in certain areas of our lives, we're still messed up. We're still defeated. We're still bleeding. We're still broken. We're still in, in great need of supernatural intervention. You know, why is it that some, some financial situations have to be rescued right now? Well, because we, we, we haven't known, we didn't have a knowledge of the truth. 
Why is it that, that, that some relationships are in deep trouble right now? Well, because we haven't applied the knowledge of the truth. We haven't done what God said to do. You do realize that, that marriage is really not that hard of a deal. All you got to do, gentlemen, is love your wife like Jesus loved the church. All you got to do is die. Ladies, all you got to do is honor your husband. Adapt yourself to him. You, you got to, you know, it's not that hard. Until it's just difficult. Right? Come on now. Look at the alphabet when you first went to school. Remember they had the letters around the room? What was that? Kindergarten? And they had the, they had the, the alphabet around the room? It's not, it's not hard. It's just difficult. When you don't know it, and they teach it to you, A, B, C, and they teach you the song, and everybody starts singing together, A, B, C, D. Oh, God, thank you. You're like one of the only ones in here. The rest of them are going, oh, my God, what comes next? <laughs> okay, once you learn it, it's no longer difficult. And then what, what does the teacher do? The teacher messes it all up. Takes the A from there and, you know, and the letter from over there and puts it in front of that one and puts that one way down there right, right up here. And, and then, you know, and, and now they're out of order. But it's still, you know, it's not hard. It's just now it's more difficult again. Because now you've got to go, at. Cat. And you learn it. Well, there's some things in God's Word that it's not, it's not hard. It's just difficult. Because we've learned a certain level, and now God's trying to get us to go to a new place, and it seems like the same information, but now He's mixing things up. Why? So that you can graduate. So that you can move on up to a different level. Matthew 10.35, 10.38. Matthew 10. I gave it to you. Which one is it? Matthew 10. Hmm? 10, 38, and 39. Matthew 10, 38. Yeah, that one. He who does not take up his cross and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conforming wholly to my example in living. It, notice what this says here. I just want you to see this. That, you know, there are some things that are expected of us. We think that if we pray this prayer that God's just going to carry us through life. It, well, man, we're living the wrong life. He said, you've got to conform wholly to my example in living, and if necessary in dying also we'd kind of like to leave that part out wouldn't we we're supposed to live like he lived he said come on guys if you don't do this you're not even worthy of me look at verse 39 whoever finds this lower life will lose it the higher life and whosoever loses his lower life on my account will find it the higher life so in other words, there's a low life and there's a high life. God's saying, come on up, live the higher level of life. But if you don't follow my example, holy, conform yourself to my example of living, you're going to end up living a lower level life. And when you live in the low level life, you're going to be distracted by sideshow distractions of issues that really don't matter. You'll spend all your life dealing with stuff that at the end of the day, it was not the issue. See, you're going to argue and fight and have struggles and strife. That's low-level living. You're going to deal with, well, people were mean to me, and people didn't give me what I deserve, and, and, and everybody's, what you know, and that low-level life will keep you from living the high life that Jesus came to connect you to. 
Remember, Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Zoe, life, God, life, not yo life, God life. High life. God said, I'm here sending my son to lift you up out of the low level life into a higher level of life. But you're going to have to use what I've given you. You can't just pretend like you ain't got it. Look at Matthew 5, 48. Here's one of the things that Jesus said is required of us. Be ye perfect, even as he is perfect. So God doesn't expect much, just perfection. Look at your neighbor and say, perfect. 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 That not that our excuse to not do what God's called us to do? Well, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Just forgiven. Well, if Jesus said to do something and you don't do it, what's that called? Disobedience? Isn't that called sin? Yeah? Sin's not good, is it? Well, you can't expect me to be perfect. Well, Jesus does. See, what happens, be careful how you hear. Because when we say the word perfect, a picture pops in your mind. It's like when you say the word church, a picture pops in people's mind. Some people see stained glass and long robes and big choirs. Other, you know, what, what do you see when you hear the word perfect? What pops in your mind? Make sure, be careful how you understand what he's saying. Well, how could God expect me to be perfect? Doesn't he know who I am? Yeah, he made you. Doesn't he know the mistakes that I've made? Yes, he, he's very much aware. As a matter of fact, we, we all pretty much know. Well, how am I supposed to be perfect? You're supposed to be in Christ. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are fresh and new. That's when Paul said, it's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. How am I, how am I going to be perfect? Well, number one, I'm going to get away from me and get into thee. Okay, number two, I'm going to realize, well, if God said to be perfect, I better understand what perfect means. Somebody say amen. The word perfect means brought to its end, complete, lacking nothing, or fully equipped. See, you have an enemy that wants you to think, he wants you to believe that, that you, you don't possess what is required to handle life at this level. you got God who's trying to pull you up to a high life, but you're struggling with low life. Hello? You're struggling with low life and God's calling you to high life and you go, well, I can't make it down here. How in the world am I going to make it up there? Well, you've got to understand the, the old covenant, the old testament, you know, that was law. And the new covenant is called what? Grace. Well, grace doesn't make it easier Grace makes it possible. See, it was impossible for mankind to, to live a life that was pleasing to God by the law. Think about it. Adam and Eve had one rule. They broke it. You got the, you know, God's people. He gives them ten rules. It's impossible. So here we come to grace and everybody goes, whew, thank God for grace. Now we don't even have to try. <laughs> I'm free from the law. There's 1,050 commandments in the New Testament. But under grace, 
See, grace isn't a blanket which covers up your sin. Grace is more than that. Grace is an empowerment that enables you to go beyond your own ability. It is a, listen to this, it is a divine influence upon your heart which will reflect within your life. It's a dynamic force. This is Zondervan's uh, Encyclopedia of the Bible, their definition. It is a dynamic force which enables you to go beyond your own ability. See, the enemy wants you to think that grace, the amazing grace that we sang about today, that what that is, is your ticket to heaven. It's simply dealing with your forgiveness of sin. No, it dealt with your sin, but now it has empowered you to live the life that God has called and created you to live. When you read Matthew chapter 5, remember, go, back, go there today and, and read some scripture. And, and it says, when you say, if you commit murder, you're in trouble. I say, but I say, Jesus said. But I say, if you even hate your brother, you're in trouble. You say, if you commit adultery, that's sin. I say, just think about it. It didn't get easier under grace. It got tougher. Right? Because now he's saying, but you have a power that will enable you to succeed. Where back there, they didn't. So since you got the power, guess what? No weapon formed against me can prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn. Why? Because this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. I, I, I've, got, I've got something inside of me that makes me capable of handling much more in life than they could. You know, think about it. Jesus is, te- is teaching these guys, and he says, love your neighbor. Have you met my neighbor? You know, you, you look across the fence, how in the world am I going to deal with that? Well, you've been empowered by the grace of God. And now it's not just you. Now it's Jesus loving through you. See, low-level life is you trying to figure out how to deal with life at the same way, the same fashion that someone separated from God has to deal. But high-level life is when you step out of yourself into His grace and you say, you know what? I am more than capable of being who God's called me to be. I have his divine nature inside of me. My nature is messed up, but his is crazy good. See, now, now I can actually live the life that God has for me. I can live the high life. I've got the truth which has the ability to set me free. I have the truth which opens the door to the staircase towards the high life that God's called me to live. I don't have to live in the basement. See, when you're struggling with all that low-level life stuff, it's just an indicator. Wrong life. Wrong life. So change. Live the high life. Get out of the basement. Climb up and get to the high life that God's called you to live. Release Zoe. Tap into the power that is greater than your own. I'm here today to tell you, I'll just get real transparent and share with you. that on my own, I'm just a messed up individual. I can't handle life any better than anybody else separated from God. But I'm not separated from God. I am in fellowship with God through relationship with Jesus Christ. So I don't have to deal with, oh, they hurt my feelings. I don't 
live that life anymore. Oh, there are days, let's just get real, there are moments in life when life will shake you and you'll get spinning and you'll, 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 you'll look down there and you'll think, how in the world are we going to deal with this? You know, raising kids, can't that just be a trip? You know, I got all these promises of God. You know, Isaiah 32, 18, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. I'm thinking, God, have you ever come by our house? How are we going to get there? Well, wait a minute. What does perfect mean? It means brought to its end. I have got to remember that Proverbs fourteen twelve says that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end are the ways of death. Death isn't dead. Death is separation. Separation from what? From the end that God declared at the beginning. There's a way that seems right to me, but the end is messed up. I've got to stop focusing on the way and start focusing on the end and let god direct the way i gotta let god's word infuse me with an inner strength so that in the middle i don't cave in give up and quit because in the middle i'm not at the end at the end is when it's perfect in the middle it ain't ain't looking perfect it ain't feeling perfect it ain't smelling perfect it ain't tasting perfect so when my children make a decision or a choice or perform an action that is outside of the realm of wisdom, I can't look at that and, and focus on that. That's low-level life. i got to go to God's Word and say, well, God's Word says at the end there's going to be peace in my house, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. Bless God in the middle when mistakes are made. The grace of God empowers us to continue to the end anyway. Without grace, I cave in and give up and quit in the middle. But by grace, I press through and go on and come out the other side better than I was when I started. I've been empowered by God. You've got to understand, hell's having a meeting right now going, what are we going to do if these people wrap this revelation around their mind and walk out of here and begin to actually live like believers? What's going to happen if they get the, the revelation that they are on earth in this world just as he is Ooh, i could go pentecostal on you i start i really man i start thinking about this and start realizing wait a minute wait a minute see many times we're, we're in the fight it's just the wrong fight it's just the wrong fight can you imagine doing the best work you've ever done, investing as much or more than you ever have before, giving yourself wholly to perform a task, to find out that that task is nice, but it doesn't matter? See, that's where the enemy has us. He has us believing lies that the things that don't matter do matter. And the things that really do matter aren't really for us. I'm here today to tell you that God life is yours. And that you don't have to, you, you don't have to be pressed until you're crushed with thoughts of trying to fit in. God didn't call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. That, that you don't have to lay awake at night trying to figure out how in the world am I going to please everybody. You know what? You can't please everybody. So why try? How about you please him? Because a life that's trying to please others is a life of idolatry. God said you should have no other gods before me. Now, before grace, you couldn't help it. 
But now that you got grace, you have the strength required to live a life that's pleasing to God. How do I please a holy God? How, how can I, an imperfect individual, live a life that is worthy of Christ, that is holy like God? How do I do it? Through the grace that God has given me and empowered me with. I've got to walk away from the lower level life in order to embrace the high life. That if I embrace the high life, oh, guys, all of a sudden, now I'm really living life. I said, I'm living life. When does this start? When does it start? Well, it starts now. It starts right now. When, when, do, when do we become the children of God? Now. The Bible says, now are we the children of God. It's now. It ain't later. Well, I, I've got you know, to work on this. <laughs> you got to give some thought and study to the truth you hear. This truth has the ability to open the door so that you can get out from under the pressure of low life and begin to soar with wings of eagles and to the high life that God's called us to live. All of a sudden, our life is a demonstration of Satan's defeat. We actually live a lifestyle that is a humiliation to hell. And hell is simply messed up trying to figure out how to stop us because what would happen if an entire congregation... What, just think for just a minute. What would happen on Easter when there's eight or nine hundred of us over at the convention center and we're in there and we're not trying to impress each other. We're not singing songs. We're worshiping a holy God. When we come together as one voice and one heart and one mind and we are there on that day knowing that God has called us out of darkness and translated us into the marvelous light of his son. And we are going to be a light to a city that demonstrates that we're going through the same stuff you are, but that stuff hits and slides off of us. And we walk in victory every day of our life. All of a sudden, our influence and impact over a region begins to increase and multiply. And you don't have to walk around preaching. Your life is a loud message all of its own. You walk in victory. You cannot be defeated. You have a mentality that says, I'm a conqueror. I'm victorious. I'm ruling and I'm reigning in Christ Jesus. I'm seated in the heavenly places. No weapon that's ever formed against me can prosper. I know that even in the moments that I don't know what to do, there's a word that's been planted behind me that will come up and tell me what to do when I don't know what to do. I can't be defeated. I will never stumble. I will never falter. I will never fail. I will never fall. And if I do, God promises to reach out and pick me up. I can't be defeated. I can't lose the fight. I am only going to win. I'm ahead only and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I am positioned by God to win and succeed in any given situation. So it doesn't make any difference what hell vomits out my direction. I just live to demonstrate that that doesn't matter. This does. Zoe. Zoe. Changes everything. Changes even the way even the way you sing certain songs. You know, this morning I, I just thought it's kind of funny because we're singing, you know, I surrender, and some of us, it's like <laughs> I have to say goodbye to my old life. <gasps> I'm giving you my heart. 
It's like a country western song or something. I'm trading this load of poo for the nature of God. I surrender. Yeah. Life is about ready to get good. Oh, come on. I said life is about ready to get good. Because can, can you see the light starting to penetrate through the fog? And you realize that, you know, some of the junk, some of the lies that enemy has caused me to believe. All of a sudden, the truth of the gospel begins to penetrate through that. And light begins to shine. Places where I thought that there was no hope, all of a sudden, I'm pulled by hope to a position where I can see things I couldn't see before. Thought and study to the truth you hear. The thought and study to the truth you hear. The thought and study to the truth you hear. The thought and study to the truth you hear. You, you, you need to get the CDs. Of, you need to go online and download it. You need to get it in your iPod. You need, to, you, you need to do whatever you got to do to get the message of God repeated into you. You need, to, you need to hear it and 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 hear it. You've you got to get to the place where, where, where when I get ready to make a statement, you can finish that statement. But don't trust me. Get in that book. Get in that book. I said, get in that book. You know, let me just close with this thought. The Bible says that there is something that has the power and the ability to nullify the Word of God. Can you imagine God's Word having no power in someone's life? How? Do you, how, how? I thought God's Word was crazy power. It is. But he said that you have, you have nullified my Word with your tradition. The traditions of men have canceled the power of my word. You got to attack. You, you can't. You can't look at the Bible. And again, this is my challenge. I'm just sharing with you. I can't go to God's word from a mindset that, well, this is this is the way I've always heard it. This is the way I've. I got to go like every time I open this book, I try to get myself in a mindset that's like this is the very first time I've ever seen this. What does it say? You got to get an appetite for God's word because I'm going to tell you something. That God's word in your life. You get Zoe to explode inside of you, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, victory, victory is your possession. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. You, you have no idea how good life's about ready to get. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. You really need this. Bow your head, close your eyes, and let me pray for you.